I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Lars Marth is passionate about online marketing and helps companies acquire more business and revenue from the internet. He is the owner of the company Marthwork Online. In the interview, Lars shares how he has built his company around the values of transparency and learning. He shares what he has learned from working with others and how that has shaped his unique way of doing business. He encourages everyone to come up with suggestions and new ideas in his company as long as people can back them up with facts. He shares how openly talking about his values allows him to attract the right kind of employees but also the right kind of customers. He opens up about his fears and challenges and yet how he feels gratitude every day for the impact he is having on others' lives through his work. Hey Lars, welcome. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. So to, to begin with, for our listeners, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. My name is Lars. I'm an online marketer plus entrepreneur based in, in the Netherlands. And I'm currently owning a digital marketing agency alongside two partners, Nick and Ruben. And at the moment, we are almost nine years old, having working at the company and working for several businesses, also some companies abroad, managing online marketing from A to Z, PPC, SEO, building websites, social advertising, conversion optimization, email marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. So nine, nine years as an entrepreneur. Yeah, almost nine years, eight and a half yeah. at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> okay. So can you share a little bit about yourself, right? What led to you becoming uh, an entrepreneur, starting your own company? Yeah, of course. To be honest, I, I actually don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I see myself more as like a online marketing nerd or geek. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I used to work uh, at an online marketing agency working for, for some clients. And at the same time, a lot of people were asking me, hey, hey, uh, you know what to do in online marketing. Can you help me or can you my, my father or, or something like that? Yeah, it started to, uh, how do you say it? it? It started to interest me to, to see what can I do if I start to work for myself. And the company where I was working at the moment, I think I had some other values on how to work with clients or how to run a business. Yeah, those two combined actually made me to, to, to take the risk and to start my own company. And to be honest, at first, I wasn't planning to make a big company or start working with some staff. 
But after a couple of years, my own agenda is full. <laughs> I started to repeat myself, uh, building campaigns that I've, I've been building for a couple of years now, doing the same stuff. And at the same time, when I was having uh, a vacation or I was ill, uh, I saw that I, I actually needed to work because otherwise my clients were having some problems. So that led to, to start working with some stuff. And yeah, from that point on forward, it actually went pretty quick. Joined another company where Ruben and Nick, my associates at the moment, were, uh, were working. Nick was a website builder and Ruben uh, was an SEO freelancer. And my expertise was more, more paid advertising. So a lot of my clients were clients of theirs and a lot of their clients were clients of mine. Yeah, we combined the businesses in 2018. Uh, at that point, we had six people and here we are four years later, we grew from six to 30. And that's basically the journey as an entrepreneur from, from my side at the moment. Yeah. Congratulations on that growth in the last four years. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But to be honest, we are in the good business, right? At the moment with, with, with COVID and stuff like that as an online marketing agency, yeah, we basically just kept on growing. We didn't have the, the COVID problems that a lot of companies were having or are still having. So that's not too bad as well, of course. Yeah. But can you share about like some of those values on which you're, you're basing this business as you spoke about that being a problem or not being in full alignment with your previous company? Yeah, of course. In the online marketing business, there are a lot of, well, we used to say in the Netherlands, there are a lot of cowboys. People like me, we know what is possible in online marketing. We know how to handle campaigns and, and questions which are online marketing related, but a lot of our clients and companies don't have that knowledge. And what we still see today is that a lot of, a lot of companies are having really easy questions, but been asked to pay a, a higher amount or a, for invoice to resolve those questions. And I think that is because of a lack of transparency. And the first thing that, that I wanted in the company is, is complete transparency. All of our staff at the moment know what they are earning, know what their colleagues are, are earning. They know how much uh, we ask for our clients, how many hour that, uh, hours of work that, that represents. And same applies for uh, the clients. For every question that one of our clients or potential clients have, we just come up with a plan and make it real easy. This is how we want to do it. We don't work with, with contracts or stuff like that. If you have a good feeling about us as a company and have a good feeling about our plan, then yes, please give us the, the possibility to fulfill the plan. Give us at least three months. Uh, and after those three months, if you don't like working with us or you don't like the results or uh, the plan is not working as we are, we were hoping, feel free to stop at any, at any time. We don't work with, with contracts or stuff like that. And at the previous company where I was working, our clients has not only one year contracts, but also two year contracts. And to be honest, uh, when I'm managing 100 clients, it's not that every one of those clients is super happy or is, is working like we are, we were hoping there are always some companies that we don't get the results that we want to get uh, due to lack of reviews or, or lack or, uh, lack of brand awareness or you name it. There are numerous reasons that could result, uh, that could lead to not getting the results that we want. And sometimes there's simply nothing you can do about it, or it's not the right timing or stuff like that. And at the previous company, I had one of those clients and I had a really good relationship with that client, but the results weren't so good. So basically my client was saying, okay, Lars, I think we have tried everything that is in our power. It's not working. Let's leave it at this point. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but 
I feel like the same. I, there's nothing more I can do. So I went to my director and I said, hey, listen, this client, it, it's not working. We tried everything. I think we should quit. And my director was like, okay, but we've been working for him for nine months and he's got a two-year contract. Good luck. And, and <laughs> we should still keep working with him for at least 15 months. That is really some negative energy, not only on my side, because I don't know what to do, but also on, on the client side, because he's like, yeah, but there's nothing we can do. And you still keep me on the contract. So that was basically one of the reasons that I thought that's something that I never wanted in my company. And also I worked with some companies where they were like interns or juniors and stuff like that. And they had to do like the, the worst kind of work and all the the ideas that they have, they would just completely sh shoot down right away. Who are you as a trainee or junior to come up mm -hmm. with some ideas to improve the company? And I think that is this really old fashioned in our company. Everybody has an opinion and everybody can come up with improvements or with their uh, reasons of how they are thinking. We basically have one, one rule and that is, okay, you can say everything you want, but you need to back it up with, with arguments or facts. And whether it's senior staff or junior or trainee or intern, as long as they come up with some good ideas, they can back it up with facts or arguments. We as a management or we as a company owners are willing to listen to that. And I think that re results in a really good wor working atmosphere at the company. Yeah, I'm delighted to hear that because uh, as you said, <laughs> it's still not common to have that level no. of transparency and that level of openness and inviting everybody to, to collaborate. So I'm delighted and I want yeah. to appreciate that. Yeah, good to hear. But at the same time, I think it's really weird that not all of the companies are working like that. But to be honest, I can understand that there's some moments that is not ideal. What we are having now, uh, the problems that we are having now with, with 30 uh, staff members are uh, way different than we had like two years ago when we were like with 10 or 15. And I can only assume that when we have 100 to 200 people, it's, it's even more difficult but stay close to our core values yeah and so t tell me this what gives you the confidence or the strength to actually move forward with your own values especially when it goes against what is happening with the rest of the companies that's a good question i think in our business there are a lot of competitors a lot of uh, other digital marketing agencies and our core values is something that really separates us from a lot of other companies so it helps us to generate not only clients, but also the clients that are thinking the same way as we are, which results in, in a fine way of working with our clients, a happy way. But the same applies for getting the right people on the job. If we just do every other company is doing, then there are some only a couple of reasons that somebody is willing to work for us, uh, for our company. And one of them is basically salary. And at this moment, we are not really pushing forward or not really promoting the salary that people will have when they start working with us, but really promoting the core value uh, that we are having, the, the fun that we are having on the working floor. And that results in getting applications and getting people to, to work with us. And they don't compare the salary to other companies. And it's not that we have low salary or stuff like that, but <laughs> I know that there are a lot of ACCs in Holland uh, at the moment that are owned by an investment group and they tend to have more money than we have as a standalone agency. So it's really difficult to win from those companies based on a salary level. So yeah, our core values and our, our exposure and how we do things over here and stuff like that. Those are the main reasons that people want to work with us or for us. Thank you. I think you're absolutely right in like setting your own standards 
actually allows you to attract those people who would be the right fit for you and, and like totally uh, avoid those people who wouldn't be the right fit in the first place. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. And it's, yeah. it also applies for our clients, like I was mentioning. I know for a fact that there are a lot of companies that we don't have a, a good uh, fit with simply because of our core values. And for example, we don't have account managers in our company. We want uh, the specialists to work directly with the client. And the bigger the companies are, the more there is the need for, for an account manager, but we don't have it. So there's no possibility for us working for those type of clients. But the fact that we don't work with account manager is something that is really important for our staff and also really important for the type of clients that, that we are managing. So in the end, it results in getting the right clients with the right fit and not attracting the wrong clients. Mm, thank you. And I'm also wondering, what are the pitfalls of operating this way? What is it that you find most challenging as you try to move ahead with your own rules or with your own values? Yeah, what I'm currently uh, experiencing is because of our transparency and the fact that we discuss everything and we are really open in communicating the way that we are going forward and the decisions that we've made. At the moment, I'm really experiencing the fact that a lot of people in the company hasn't have an opinion about it, which is not bad, obviously, but sometimes you have to make a decision and it's not that there is a, a good and a bad way. Sometimes there are two good uh, ways, but you have to make a decision. And we as a management team, we make a decision based on things that we are uh, considering. And sometimes the staff is just thinking, but hey, why do you make this decision? Should you make that decision? That results in explaining a lot and also sometimes having a, a difficult discussion with some of the people. But in the end, as long as we have arguments and, and facts, it, it's still okay. And, uh, but yeah, you need to have, because of the our core values like this and the way that we are running our company, we, we can't run away from those discussions, but sometimes it probably is just better to don't have them. <laughs> it, it saves a lot of time and sometimes some frustration, but I think it's it's more important to stay close to your core values. And as you have grown to 30 people now, as and as you said that, you have been a nerd. You have been like very passionate <laughs> about marketing. I assume that your role now requires a lot of communication. And, and as you were sharing just now, explaining or justifying or playing the tiebreaker, right? So how has that transition been for you from like being involved in the technical, in the everything uh, and now leading people and also like scaling beyond 30 to maybe 100, as you said. Yeah, I'm still having difficulties with with that fact. I started in the online marketing because of the fact that I love online marketing. And of course, there were a couple of things that I've been doing that for over 10 years and I, I know how that works and I've seen it all and it's okay. But sometimes it's really fun just to resolve a question that one of our clients have and come up with a good campaign structure and build those campaigns and, and get those results. Th those are the things that gives me energy. But at the same time, my role is, is, is completely changed. I'm not working for clients anymore. I'm there for my staff and I need to help them as, as soon as they have some problems or as soon as our clients have one of the problems with the work that we are delivering. But I think my role in the company is not only a leader for the company and, and uh, one of the, uh, the entrepreneurs, but I'm also responsible for the quality and the innovation of our work, which basically means that I'm still heads deep in the, uh, in the, the, the material and all the new things that are coming in our, uh, in our business and uh, the, the changes that, for example, Google is making uh, with algorithms and smart bidding and stuff like that. And it's my role to make sure that everybody knows of 
what is going on in the business and know how to work with it, test with it, come up with some new standards and uh, make sure that everybody is aligned in the company. So that's basically the only thing that I still have in as being an online marketing geek while, while running the agency. <laughs> Can you describe some of those challenges which you, either you're facing, as you said, right? You're, it's, it's not easy sometimes. Or any challenges which you see foresee in the future? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge that we have as an online marketer uh, of an online marketing agency is the fact that our the landscape is changing so rapidly. Google can just make an announcement within 10 minutes, which will completely change everything that we are doing in our business model. Of course, machine learning is taking over. When we started in online marketing, we were setting uh, the bids and, and the strategies for our keywords for Google campaigns manually. Now everybody is doing it automatically with smart bidding and stuff like that. So I think the, the, the biggest challenge that we are having is the fact that machines are taking over and the fact that privacy is uh, getting a lot of attention. People uh, having problems with cookies are going away. Basically, we as an online marketing agency need cookies to come up with data and based on the data, we can make new campaigns and, and, and advices and stuff like that. So those are the... the the biggest challenges that we are having as an online marketing agency. And at the same time, as an, an entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's really difficult to keep everybody in the company up to speed on what is changing and what is the, the effect that those changes have on our current business. And uh, to be honest, machine learning and the fact that cookies are going away could result in the fact that some of the jobs that we are having at this moment they may be gone in, in one or two years or maybe even faster. We need to make sure uh, that everybody knows what is going on and how to keep up with that and how to uh, cope with that to just make sure that everybody keeps, keeps that job and we still have our clients and have added value for our clients. Yeah. So I, I come from the technical background. So I understand the machine learning and AI how, and how it is impacting businesses. So given all of this, and all of these are also very important issues like it's, these are not trivial issues, even topics about privacy and, and so on. So how do you stay grounded? How do you stay balanced as you deal with these particular issues, not just for yourself, but also with your teammates who might be well impacted? Yeah, what we do is we have an internal communication channel, like a sort of Slack. And as soon as there are some really important developments, we make sure that everybody is aware of the fact that what is going on. Once in a month, we come together as a company with all of the staff just to give a heads up. Okay, what have we been doing last month? What are the developments that we are seeing last month? And what are our expectations for the future and stuff like that? So that makes sure that internally everybody's up to speed. At the same time, we need to make sure that our clients are up to speed as well. Because, well, let's be honest, as soon as one of our clients calls us or email us with uh, a question about this topic and we don't know what they're talking about. It's really a bad example. We always need to be stay ahead of the curve, but at the same time, we, we want to make sure that our clients know what is going on as well, that they know, hey, these guys are proactively on top of things. And I see a lot of shit coming my way with uh, cookies going away, for example, but I know that my AC is, is working on it and on ha handling that. So we need to make sure that our clients get some updates on the topic as well. With example, newsletters and uh, webinars and, and presentation and, and, and stuff like that. And we as an AC, we, we have the, the, the benefit of having a good relationship with Google and, and, and Facebook. We are a Google partner. We are, a, I need to say, meta partner. So as soon as there are some updates or some betas, like nine out of ten times, we are in that test group. Uh, mm. So we are one of the first 
agencies who knows about these topics and stuff like that. And we can test it with, with our clients as well. So that kind of results in us staying ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're highlighting is maintaining those and creating those relationships with yeah. those key stakeholders, right? Whether they are yeah. your employees, their customers or partners like, like Google or Facebook. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So who, who are some of those key people who have influenced or shaped your views around transparency, around working with people, around the way of doing business? Of course, I can say Simon Sinek with the Golden Circle, of course. It has some, some impact in how we are working with our clients and our staff. I think I've learned a lot from, I don't know his front name, his first name, but Semco. There's this, this book called Semco Style. It's about the company in Brasilia and how they are running the, the company and developing the management style. It's, it's really an eye-opener, which helped me. Ken Blanchard, he had written, I think it is the One Minute Manager that is from, from Ken. Also, uh, really a good book to, to, to know and to read and to get your own points out of it. And there's this D Dutch guy called uh, <laughs> Rick Pastoor. He wrote a book called uh, Grip. And it's about how you can have, how you make impact on your own life and your own agenda and set your own KPIs and stuff like that, which is basically like, as soon as somebody starts working for us, mm. the first assignment is read that book because everybody, everything that we are doing in the company with agenda meetings and KPIs and your own KPIs is based on that book. So uh, safe to say that Rick Pastore also had a, uh, huge impact on our company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th that uh, tells me that you are also investing time in like book reading or investing in your own learning and growth at the same time. Yeah, actually everybody in the company does. We have an unlimited study uh, budget, uh, which basically means if you want to go to a seminar, an event, follow a course, read a book or, or, or anything, you can just go to your team lead, pitch why you think that is really important for you to go to that seminar or read that book. And as soon as our team lead thinks, hey, you're right, this will help you in developing certain things or it will help the company develop certain things, then we will pay for that. Uh, which basically means that I've got some colleagues uh, who spend like 30 euros a year on developing themselves. The neighbor is, is spending like 5,000 euros a year for also developing themselves. But everybody is, is free to to have a look for their own. Okay, this is where I want to go and this is what I need and this is the information that I need. This is the information that I need to buy or, or need to follow these people or talk to these people, buy these books. And uh, I think that's really important because as long as everybody is developing themselves, they will get smarter and better and it will result in uh, better work for our clients and it will result for a better name for our company. And let's be honest, as soon as you as a person stop developing, then yeah, how, how do you go forward in life? You need yes. to keep developing. Yes, I, I think what I'm seeing is this sense of my company or one company rather than employees or like people working for me. And then when you look at it that way, then all growth, all learning basically comes back to you. <laughs> yes. So looks like you're quite an open person. You're quite a transparent person. But tell us uh, something which most people do not know about you. <laughs> oh, that is a question that I wish to hear. <laughs> something that most of the people not know. I think when somebody is following me online, they pretty know everything about me. 
Well, maybe a nice thing to say is business-wise, I'm like a keynote speaker on a lot of events and going to a lot of seminars and giving presentations and stuff like that. Also abroad, I've been to Bologna, I've been to London, uh, been to Brighton, you name it. And to be honest, it scared the shit out of me in the beginning. I was really frightening to do that, but this was something that I once said, okay, I want to be on that stage talking about these topics for these kind of people. As, and as soon as you set this goal, this, this is something with, which I forgot earlier when you asked me which of the people make impact. Brian Tracy, I don't know the guy, he wrote the book Goals and it is about selling KPIs, think for yourself on certain, certain areas of your life, where do you want to go and how do you get there? And what he is basically saying, as soon as you speak out loud what you want to accomplish and how you want to accomplish it, it will lead you to that point. As soon as I said, okay, I want to be a keynote speaker on online marketing at these events, it made me aware of every possibility that there was to get to that point. And at the end, it, it will lead you to that point. So set the goals, speak them out loud, and you will see that your life will take you to that goal. Yeah, one of the things that most people will not know is the fact that at the beginning, I was really scared to do these kind of talks and everybody was like, how can you do that? And also in English and it's, it's really nice. And then aren't you like nervous and stuff like that? Yeah, I was nervous. But now when she, once you've done it a couple of times, you're not nervous anymore. So I think business-wise, maybe this is something that most of people not know. And like personal-wise, I'm, I'm really a sport-free, a music lover, almost every type of music. I go to concerts and festivals like two, three times a, a month at least. So maybe those things. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> what you're sharing about fear and about uh, not being confident is something which I say that the confidence is um, basically an outcome. It's not a prerequisite yeah. to do something. That's uh, and if you're, yeah. So if you do something for a while, then you get you will get confident. And what you're what you're also suggesting, like by giving that example, is once you explicitly state that this is what I want, more possibilities around you. Yeah, it's like, like think, thinking about buying a car and then seeing that car everywhere. It's the same which happens with goals and with leadership. Yeah, so Thank you correct. for sharing that. Yeah. Given that where you are today, what is it that you feel the most grateful for? What are you most grateful for right now in your life? I actually uh, became a father last year for the first time, which gave me like, like peace. Uh, in my mind and in my life, not in my sleeping hours, <laughs> to be honest. But what I really love at this moment is the fact that, well, we are making impact. And uh, this is like the slogan of our company as well, making impact. Not only impact on the lives of our clients, which we tend to change with giving them uh, a huge profit on the, the campaigns they're running with us. Also making impact on uh, the lives of the, the people working with us. We are a really young company, so it's really nice to see the people that are working in the company, they're buying like the first car or the first house. And it's really interesting to, uh, to know that basically we are responsible for that progress mm -hmm. that they are making, but also impact on my own life. I could go everywhere in the world right now. Only thing I need is like a laptop and an internet connection. I can take my girlfriend along, I can take my child along, and that, that's really nice. So I think, yeah, making impact, the fact that we are able to make impact on lives of others, that is the, the thing that we are most grateful for. Yeah, and not only for me, but also for my associates. I know that they feel the same way. Thank you. I think it clearly shows that you take huge pride in the work that you're doing. Yeah. And also you spoke about your becoming a father. I think that's a very important milestone. Congratulate you on, <laughs> on that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Pierre. Yeah.
So zooming out a little bit and seeing it to the future, what does a successful and impactful future look like to you? We want to make some next steps with the company. There are a, a couple of areas in online marketing that uh, we don't master that well as others. I'm quite confident in saying that we are one of the best PPC agencies. So for paid advertising, one of the best for SEO, the organic stuff in, in Google. But there is still some work to be done to also say the same thing for conversion rate optimization and email marketing. So yeah, those are some things that uh, we are working on at the moment. I think that is the, the number one goal that we are having like as a business. Yeah, thank you. To wrap up, right, where can people find out more about you? If they want to know about you or your company, what is the best way to, to get in touch? It is a Dutch website, but uh, maybe it's a good idea to go to my, my personal LinkedIn or my Twitter profile. It's, uh, it's Lars Maat, my name. You will probably uh, put it in the description of the, the podcast as well. But I think LinkedIn and, uh, and Twitter are the best way to get in touch with me or uh, keep up to speed with everything that I'm sh uh, sharing online. Thank you, Lars. And I will certainly put the, the links to your website and to the, your social media profiles in the show notes. So once again, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts. And I think very frankly, for just being you and then following up on what you truly believe in uh, and then making a company out of it, making a living out of it uh, and taking it forward. I think this kind of work is much, much required. And I think you are setting the right example. Thank you. Really nice to hear. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lars. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.